The Heat struggled to score on Wednesday night versus the Lakers, but found just enough in the fourth quarter to get their first win of 2024. A good win, and several players stepped up throughout the game, eight of them scoring in double digits, and Miami capitalized on some brutal Lakers shooting and ball handling. We'll break down the victory and which players shined on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucaneat.com, and joining me as always, it's longtime NBA reporter David Ramil. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day today's episode is brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba use the code all lowercase locked on nba for a first deposit match up to 100 recording this wednesday night well actually early thursday morning it's almost 1 a.m uh after the heat beat the lakers 110 to 96 jimmy butler out again for the heat with that foot injury also no caleb martin or haywood highsmith the Heat started Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Jaime Hakas Jr., Nikola Jovic, and Bam Adebayo and managed to beat the Lakers thanks to turnovers, some timely shot making, and plus a big fourth quarter from Duncan Robinson. We'll hand out some credit cookies later on, but David, what was your takeaway from this one? It was a brutal game to watch offensively. I think both teams really struggled to score, and Miami just seemed a little uneven. It felt like Tyler, in particular, struggled in the first quarter. He wound up with 21 points, and I watched the final stat line, and I was a little surprised that he wound up being that productive. Not a knock on him, but I just think the Lakers' overall size did such a good job of Mm -hmm. limiting their pick and roll, especially with Tyler ball handling. Every time he seemed like he was going to make an entry pass, or a quick pass to a cutter or something like that. It seemed like they would for, you know, snuff it out and wind up forcing a turnover in Miami's end. And then Miami wound up kind of picking up the pace overall, led by Nikola Jovic. Fantastic game for him. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And their transition offense was really their staple uh, in order to muster any kind of offense because they did struggle that way in the third quarter. It was a struggle for the, the Heat in particular as Anthony Davis wound up going off in that quarter. He wound up having a big monster game. But in the fourth quarter, it was just a, a really nice mix of everything kind of working together for Miami. Some great outside shooting, Duncan in particular. Some nice attacks at the basket by Bam and Abayo. A good balance. They wound up having their best offensive quarter. I don't know that Miami should have necessarily won this game, but they certainly capitalized, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, on the Lakers' mistakes. The Lakers shot 13% from three-point range. They went 0 of 7 in two different quarters and 1 of 8 in the fourth quarter. Like, they were brutal from three-point range, and their ball handling was absolutely sloppy. I mean, as good as Miami's defense was in forcing those turnovers, a lot of them were unforced as well, just bad passing from the Lakers. But you know what? You take it. A win's a win. You're on the road. You're without three key players in your rotation. You're getting other guys to find a way to step up. It's a great win, and Miami Heat fans should be absolutely happy that they, they got the W. They go up to two and two on this four game trip. Uh, they've got one game in Phoenix on Friday night and they could end this thing uh, three and two on this five game trip with Jimmy Butler having only played 22 minutes yeah. on this swing so far. That's pretty impressive. The Lakers had LeBron. He was sort of a game time decision. He ends up playing. Uh, Anthony Davis ends up playing. And look, 
there there's that whole conversation of did you win the game or did this team lose the game and it felt like the lakers very much lost this game but all even like the espn broadcast before the game said hey you can't beat yourself and beat the heat you know and that's right. sort of their whole deal and so credit to miami like yeah. the lakers are out here fumbling the ball 21 turnovers for them and miami only had seven turnovers they didn't make a whole bunch of shots but i thought they got really good looks and when you just look at Take away the shot making for a second. You just look at the process of what this game was. Yeah. Offensively, I thought Miami got all the looks that they wanted. They missed a bunch of them early, but they got all the looks. They missed, I think, five wide open threes in that first quarter. And I think like yes. four or five shots at the basket that they should have made. And yep. then the Lakers defense kind of put the clamps on, especially Anthony Davis. He really bothered basically everybody uh, that was at the basket for Miami. And, and he was amazing tonight. But LeBron didn't really have it. The role players didn't really have it for the Lakers. It was basically just Austin Reeves and AD. And meanwhile, the late the, the Heat too. and Max Christie, I guess, on that one dunk. But the Heat played eight rotation guys tonight, yeah. and I and I sh I shouldn't even call them rotation guys because some of them aren't really rotation guys. But they were their rotation guys in this game, and all eight of those players scored in double digits, and that's pretty remarkable. Nikola Jovic, fifteen points. Jaime had sixteen. Bam had fifteen. Tyler had twenty-one. Larry had 10. Kevin Love had 10 and 14 rebounds. Duncan Robinson had 13. Josh Richardson had 10. That's a that's a that's a team win for Miami. They did not beat themselves. The Lakers did beat themselves, and you take that when you're on the road. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of Lakers fans and Lakers media looking at the stretch for the Los Angeles, you know, they're under 500 now, but they were before this, they were looking at at a bunch of games in the month of January at home at the Crypto Center and you know, this was our opportunity for them to pile up some wins and kind of make a little, you know, create a little cushion for them at the bottom of the Western conference standings. They did not, they absolutely looked you know, very bad. Miami did just enough. And you're on the road against a, a good team that's struggling to find her kind of identity right now. I still think the Lakers are a playoff team, despite what their record reflects right now. Agreed. And so for Miami to be able to get this kind of egalitarian offense from so many different players, a well-rounded effort, just enough defense, just enough scoring, and especially in key possessions. Mm -hmm. The fact that Miami didn't buckle in the fourth quarter, considering they were on the road, and that their offense struggled so much in the third quarter, I think really speaks volumes of, of the integrity of this team and the players that were out there representing Miami tonight. Now, fitting, I think, that they were wearing their culture jerseys out there uh, tonight because I that. think they really, they really did yeah. show a little slice of heat culture yeah. out there. It was they a good, gritty win for Miami. They were up like 12 points at one point in the third quarter, up 10 to begin the fourth quarter. And the Lakers just kept coming back in this thing, especially late in the third, early in the fourth. They just kept clawing, clawing back. They got it to within three points a couple of different times. And every time that happened, some Heat player, and in the fourth quarter it was mostly Duncan Robinson, some Heat yep. player made a big shot or made a big play to push the lead. Defensively, they went to the zone a lot in this game. Yes. And so... Again, going back to the process conversation that I was having a little bit before, where offensively I thought they were getting the looks that they wanted, the Heat were, and just missing some shots, and then those shots started going in later in the game. Defensively, it was sort of like a prevent defense. You knew you were, yeah. they looked so small compared to the Lakers. The Lakers are running out this new lineup with no true point guard, no D'Angelo Russell, no Gabe Vincent for them. So they're playing LeBron at point LeBron. Austin right. Reeves is next to him, and then it's a bunch of wings and bigs that they're always playing them with. Uh and so they looked enormous in this game, especially compared to the Heat, who were running pretty small. Yeah. But they go to that zone. They stay in that zone out of necessity for the most yeah. part. But it was sort of a prevent defense. You're going to allow some certain things. Some guys are going to make shots. 
They got beat at the rim a couple of different times with backdoor cuts and things like that. Bam had to play yeah. up on Anthony Davis, and it ended up he ended up hitting LeBron. Or no, Bam ended up having to play up on LeBron in one play, and then LeBron hit AD on a lob, and you're like, wow, they just busted the zone. But you know, right. you you give a couple of those up, but ultimately the zone worked in limiting and slowing down um, the Lakers' offense. And and you know, I thought it was a great coaching job by Eric Spolstra. It was a good process win for the Miami yeah. Heat, a good road win overall. Fourth quarter, 38 to 29. The Miami Heat beat the Lakers 38 to 29 in that fourth quarter. We talked a lot about Miami's fourth quarter problems uh this season. That was not the case in this one. No, I think, you know, the, I'm glad you brought up the whole process, the fact that they were getting those open looks later on, because I think they kind of maintained that steady attack and, and found that balance once everybody kind of started to get it going in particular, look, Duncan Robinson, like when he starts hitting those shots from the perimeter, it makes things so much easier because then he spaces the floor. You kind of have to be a little bit more aware. He had a nice drive to the basket. We wound mm -hmm. up having a, a layup high off the glass over Anthony Davis, that versatility that we've talked about all season just kind of added a dynamic to this offense. And then all of a sudden you see Bam cutting the basket more, getting to the line, getting fouls, you know, getting that defense uh, to kind of, you know, have to play catch up on who had the ball in their hands. A couple of other guys stepped up, hit some nice shots too. It was a really good fourth quarter for yep. them. And again, I think it was just showing that kind of overall integrity. You mentioned Duncan Robinson. I have a feeling you're going to be giving out some credit cookies to him. We're going to do credit cookies after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get on, on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 a $5 bet. Just a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. And the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live game, same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. It makes it so much easier to find things. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays. There's so much more, but you can only find it if you go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, David, it's another heat win, which means it's time for the tastiest segment of Lockdown Heat. It is time to hand out some credit cookies. David, who are we giving cookies out to today? Well, we mentioned eight players in double-digit scoring, but I've got six players that get cookies that are actually cookie-worthy. I've got two for Jaime, one for Duncan Robinson, one for Kyle Lowry, two for Tyler here, one for Bam, one for Kevin Love, and two for Nikola Jovic. I'm sorry, that's actually seven now that I do my math right there. I'm slipping a little bit in 2024. Seven players getting cookies on tonight's win against the Lakers. Let's start there with Duncan Robinson. 11 points in the fourth quarter. Had a stretch kind of midway through the fourth quarter. Um, the Lakers cut the lead back to uh, back to three. Mm -hmm. And Duncan makes a tough shot in the corner off of an offensive rebound that nobody. It was like a Steph Curry kind of chaos shot. And he yes. just shakes his head himself after he made it. Uh, hits a huge shot. They go back up 77 to 72. 
On the very next possession, he has a layup over Anthony Davis. You mentioned that in the last segment. They go up 79 to 72. Uh, the Heat end up kind of pushing that lead back to 10. Duncan Robinson over that stretch, five points. The, the ones I just mentioned, also Kevin Love, who you handed out some cookies to, had four points and an assist in that stretch. And I don't know that that was a stretch to win the game because there was quite a bit of time left. But yeah. it did. It, if it wasn't the dagger, it felt like something close to it. You had to create that cushion, considering how much Miami's offense had struggled up to that point. You had to be able to find some way of finally capitalizing on those open looks or even those really challenging looks that Duncan was able to hit. I love that he took that three-pointer, another three-pointer, not just that one that was a fadeaway in the corner, another one where he was a catch-and-shoot, nailed the three-pointer, I think, as the shot clock was winding down, and kind of turned and said something to the Lakers bench. Who knows what it, it was that he said? Was it directed to Gabe Vincent? Might have been. It might have been. Who knows? Who knows? He I pointed. Mean, I, he said something and he pointed. And it was in the I don't I'm not reporting anything, but it was in the Gabe Vincent vicinity. Gabe Vincent wearing some interesting checkered pants in this game. But um look, I I he had he had eleven of his thirteen points in the fourth quarter, and that huge. kind of felt like what this game was, right? Like Tyler Hero had that big run at the end of the first quarter, the start of the second quarter. Jaime had a big run. In this game, too, Kevin Love, what I just mentioned, Duncan Robinson, 11 points in the fourth quarter, like uh, Kyle Lowry, a big, uh, big run in the first yeah. half, too. Like it was just different players. It wasn't everybody all at once. It was yeah. kind of different players going on their own sort of individual runs. And I know that's very simplistic and that's not exactly what happened, but it's sort of what that game felt like. Uh, who else do you want to go to next? I think they call a Jogic. I think that's the story, that's right? He gets a start again. Uh, the second time that they've used this particular lineup, the yeah. second time on the road trip that he started with injuries to Caleb Haywood and Jimmy, of course, and he gets the start. And I think, yeah, they you used know, the lineup the last time, October 28th against Minnesota, another game without Jimmy Butler. And that was just sort of a weird yeah. one. And Miami lost that game. Uh, right. They ended up winning this one, obviously. Well, you notice a trend here, right? I mean, against Minnesota and against the Lakers, and you mentioned their front court size and the overall size in that lineup. Mm-hmm. And Nico seemed like the one player that wasn't really struggling with that size because he is so good and because he is such a tall player. Yeah. You know, Miami's tallest player in that starting lineup. When you think about it, he's taller yeah. than Bam, running the floor, finding cutters, made a nice three pointer. I think John Crotty on the broadcast team made a good point that, you know, something I've said about Haywood Highsmith, but I think we're starting to see it. With a lot of players, but we see it with Jovic too. He hits that first three pointer, and from that point, he's kind of a little bit more relaxed, and you kind of see him get into the flow, being able to showcase the wide and varied skill set that he possesses yep. at that size. And he looked much more comfortable, had some nice possessions defensively, really solid rebounding. I want to say too. I think overall, it was just a really good game from him. He was not phased by the Lakers' size and wound up really having a nice overall game for him. If- 15 points and eight rebounds and did not play at all in the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure, or very little. Um, I don't know if he got in at garbage time at the end there, but um, there was a point where I thought he was going to get his first career double, double. Right. (laughs) And this is, this is arguably his great, his best game of his career. I think given the matchup and the stakes and the fact that this was a real game that mattered. So look in the first quarter hits that, uh, catch and shoot three that's Miami's first field goal of the game their first score was a pair of Kyle Lowry free throws but their first field goal wasn't for a few minutes uh as they just kind of again came out clunky missing a bunch of open shots he made their first field goal a couple possessions later a coast-to-coast possession and then the broadcast Mike Breen and and, uh Doc Rivers were like whoa this guy's pretty skilled you know and so (laughs) all that happens but I think my favorite possession or my favorite sort of series from from Nico in this game 
was uh, in the third quarter, he grabs the rebound, defensive rebound, brings the ball up, waves off Kyle Lowry, bringing the ball up. Lowry obviously wants the ball because he's the point guard. Waves him off. No, no, no. I got this. Bringing the ball up the right side. Points Bam into the post on the right side. Same side. And just dumps it off into Bam in the post. Cuts behind the defense, below Bam along the baseline. Get nice wide open cut. Bam finds him for the pass. Little give and go. Gets the layup. Simple, but patient and mature and controlled and not at all wild. And and (laughs) it just seemed like he had a plan. He knew exactly what he wanted to do on that play. He saw something on the Lakers defense. Maybe they were pressing up a little bit too much or whatever it was. Bam, he wanted to maybe get him going because it wasn't the best Bam game. Whatever it was that Nico wanted to do, he did it. And that, to me, beyond the coast to the coast, the flashy stuff, like that's not going to show up on the highlight reel, David. That's something right. that you right. have. That, that's what's something you see watching this game. And I saw that, and I was like, no, no, this guy's turning the corner. That's different. We haven't seen that before. I don't. I don't. I'm not prepared to say turning the corner yet. And I know that's that's a conversation point for the next segment too. But I I think it did show a great maturity to his game, and I think it's that kind of. The the ability to read the floor that he's honed over at the international game that we saw from him against you know a, a, a other international teams in the FIBA World Cup this past offseason. He looks so much more polished as a player. And then when he gets back in, in whatever limited opportunities he had over the course of the season, he has not looked that mm. fluid. Today, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not one to read much into these kinds of things. But we saw a lot of footage. I can't recall at what point that was over the last week or so where Jimmy Butler half-jokingly took Jovic under his wing, took him out to dinner. We saw some Instagram feed from uh, Jimmy where he's having dinner there, kind of goes to a Sioux Falls game. He's talked about Jovic being his guy. You know, there's a lot to it. And and for all the criticism that I think has been unwarranted about Jimmy Butler in previous cities, he has mm. been such a great leader here in the locker room. Yeah. And just a guy who is very big on, you know, manifesting what he says out loud and, and making sure that everybody's feeling as long as they're putting in the work in. And that's the first thing you have to do for Jimmy Butler. That's the true test. If you're putting the work in, he will support you and he will be public in that support. And I think we're seeing that with Jovich. And I think he's had an improvement since then because it's it's huge for yeah, a guy no, who's kind of figuring out your footing and you've got the superstar of the team saying this is the anti-Jordan, right? The complete antithesis <laughs> of everything we've heard of Michael Jordan. This is Jimmy saying, yeah. you're not getting the opportunity, but we're going to count on you at some point and you need to be able to step up when you get that chance. And it's, and here we are seeing it manifest in real life. It's such a great point. If, if Jimmy wasn't seeing that work being put in behind the scenes by Nico, he wouldn't be so loudmouth right. supportive right now, right. the way that he is. So it's such a great point. And, and we're starting to see it pay off and, uh, and, a, and I think a very real way. This has been Nico's yeah. best stretch. Did you give any credit cookies to Tyler Hero? I did. I think, it, again, it was an, oh, the shots weren't falling, but the as you've mentioned, the process has, was a good one for Tyler. He had a, a lot of open looks. You know, I know we're reading into it again. I wonder if he took the matchup with a guy he's been compared to so much in Austin Reeves pretty personally. I think he um, did. I think him and Bam took their matchups personally in this one. Yeah, I mean, the two guys that they've been compared to a lot, you know, just because of similar play types and things of that sort. Sure. And yeah. uh, I, 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 I get it. I think he, 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 you know, he was he had some really nice plays. He had a couple big shots, but he was forcing the issue a little bit. I think maybe the size of the Lakers kind of, again, challenged him, especially in the first quarter as a playmaker. He wasn't able to get those open looks. But they once eventually him a little bit on those pick and rolls yeah. kind of bothering him, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. But eventually, once he kind of settled into it, found his range in middle mid game. I think he had a couple nice floaters there. He had that one nice handed one handed floater to help Miami build that cushion in the third quarter. Had a nice three point shot when it mattered most, and finished with twenty plus points. I mean, he was Miami's leading scorer. He was he had twenty despite. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, 21 points on 19 shots isn't great, but he was four of eight from three-point range. He had the four assists, just two turnovers, which wasn't bad. And he had three steals in this game. And when you're talking about what the formula was for Miami winning this game with the steals, Kyle Lowry had four steals, all of which came in the first quarter. Tyler Hero had three. Bam Adebayo had three. Like that, All the starters had at least one steal. That was very much part of the formula. And only behind Kyle Lowry did Tyler Hero trail in terms of, uh, total steals in this game so right. i thought he was great I, I i think he was deserving of credit cookies i mentioned the individual runs he had uh seven of miami's last 10 points in the second quarter going into halftime that really built that cushion and built that lead yep. it was just nobody was amazing tonight nobody was but he was as good <laughs> as anybody else was on the heat and yeah, and i think enough. for that he's deserving of some cookies but um look we talked about nikola Jovic. let's zoom let, let's let's look forward Hmm. Does his performance warrant more minutes going forward? We'll talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode of Locked on Heat also brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event because Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater, events, whatever you're looking for near you. Game Time's got you covered with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, the views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed. Guarantee game sorry game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. There's so many different features that are make this so easy. Again, if you're looking for tickets, let's say at the last minute, you figure out you want to go to a show or a game where you're maybe you're traveling or maybe you've got friends in town, you're trying to figure out what to do. You look up what you can find at game time. Sometimes, right, even as the show has started, whatever event that you're looking to has started, you might find tickets cheaper. Then had you waited or bought them weeks in advance. And that's what game time gives you the last minute ticket deals that are, makes everything so convenient. You can find that breast price available, the available, and you can see exactly where you're going to be sitting from their views from your seats. So you know there's no obstruction or anything like that. You can enjoy the event and you can save money in the process. Because if you download Game Time app today and create an account and use the code locked on, you get $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms do apply. But you create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and you get 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button. Comment under the video. Where are you watching us from? What did you think about the game? Yes. Who do you think is deserving? Of credit cookies. And maybe you'll have some comments about what we're about to talk about here, where we'll talk about Nikola Jovic and his role changing going in, in a second here. But I want to get to this first question from Sergio. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions using that hashtag, Ask Heat. Sergio writes in, even though it was a great overall win, did Bam lose any points nationally by coming up short, matching up against Anthony Davis tonight? So, David, quickly, before we answer that question, the stats. Bam Adebayo had 15 points on 5 for 14 shooting, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 turnovers. Not a bad game, but definitely not what you'd expect from somebody like Bam. Yeah, not what you'd, yeah, not for him. Anthony Davis, on the flip side, was the game's most dominant player and won his matchup. 29 points, 17 rebounds, 5 blocked shots. 
uh, on any, and he went 10 for 17 from the field. He was amazing. He looked like the best player on the court tonight. He very much was. Um, and on a day where ESPN runs this big feature about how Bam Adebayo wants that national respect, wants to be considered with the Anthony Davises and the Nikola Jokic's and the Joel Embiid's and knows that he has to put the work in to get there, right? He's not here claiming that he's been snubbed. He's just saying, I want to get to that point where I am those at that level. He was not at that level tonight. Do you think he lost points nationally in a primetime game on ESPN? Yes, I think so. I think it's an opportunity to showcase who you are as an individual player, especially with that Jimmy Butler. And we've seen it you know, time and time again throughout NBA history. When a star player goes down, the other star of the team finds a way to step up. I mean, you recall even during the big three era, there was moments there where Chris Bosh were taking so much criticism as you know, two and a, the big two and a half, all the kind of stuff that the national media was saying about the formation of the big three. And then there were games where LeBron and Dwayne were hurt and Chris finds a way to step up and showcase, you know, again, what he could do as a player and remind everybody, oh, yeah, he's kind of a superstar, despite the fact that he has taken a, right. a back seat by choice. This wasn't the case. This was the opposite of that. Bam, with the opportunity to say, OK, no, Jimmy, it's my team right on my cape. I'll get you to I'll fly us to victory. And he didn't do it. You know, he, he the shots. You know, a lot of them were makeable shots. I think there was a one block that you mentioned by AD. Uh, it was one late in the game where I think he clearly fouled him, where AD got hurt. His hand got hurt. I think he wound up fouling, bam, but they didn't call it. It doesn't matter. Like, you've got to be able to do I, – I, I don't know what it was exactly. I don't know if it was just the size of AD, a lot of pump faking underneath the hoop. It, it seemed like he was struggling a little bit with that overall size. It wasn't as aggressive as we've seen from him in the past. And I don't think he wound up having any kind of really standout defensive play either. Like, again, if you're looking at just the box score and you see what AD was able to do with those five blocks and you see what Bam did with three steals, but also, again, chalking it up to the Lakers just handling the ball so poorly, I don't know that you come across, come away from this game and say, oh, yeah, Bam's a top 25 player in the NBA. At, at least that was not the okay. impression that I, I mean. Got. Uh, I'm going to push back on this, and I don't think that this is going to matter nationally as much. Okay. First of all, the Heat won the game, and that tends to whitewash the poor performances that happen in the game. And it wasn't like he came out here and shot over eight and a complete dud. He still had 15 points. He still had uh, five assists. Like it wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad game. It was just bad for Bam, considering yeah. the context. And look, he did get thoroughly outplayed by Anthony Davis. But I think if you asked most casual or just most fans not even casual fans that's not even fair if you asked most fans of the nba who's better anthony davis or bam out of bio they'd probably answer anthony davis and i don't know that i would agree on that but i think most people would say that and so most people watching this wouldn't be surprised by what happened and so they probably don't think much of it um maybe i do think that it wasn't a great look but again against the lakers earlier in the year he had 22 points 19 rebounds 10 assists two blocks, two steals, maybe his best game of his career uh, earlier in the season in a triple-double. Like, I, we know he's capable of doing more in this specific matchup. It's not something where it's like, oh, here it goes again. Anthony Davis has got Bam's number because that's not what the that's not the case at all. And right. so um, I won't I won't overreact too much of it. Is it a is it's not a great look that this game uh, was on ESPN um, in a big moment, like you mentioned, without Jimmy Butler 
yeah. on a day where ESPN ran the Big Bam feature and they were talking about it a bunch at the start of the game. Like that's not a great yeah. look. But again, I'm not I'm not going to worry too much about it. I, I'm not I'm not worried either. But I think to answer the question. I think when you have these opportunities on national television, this is the opportunity for those casual fans and even media members that don't get the opportunity to watch BAM throughout the 80 game, 82 game season the way we do. You're flipping through the channels, you're looking on ESPN, and you go, oh, Lakers Heat, that should be fun. Oh, no, Jimmy. I mean, you would have probably thought that BAM would score 30 points tonight and that he would be able to dominate in a way that he did not. Yeah. And so I think if you're going to take away from this and, and have an opinion of what BAM was, and, and whether or not tonight's game affected that opinion, I think it was probably less. Maybe, maybe not to a huge degree, but it's, it certainly comes across not like being convinced of Bam's greatness. Quincy writes in, how do you see Nikola Jovic's role changing after this game? Uh, this is interesting. He yeah. starts at power forward, and he started one other game at power forward earlier in this road trip. Um, Jamal Kane actually started the last game against the Clippers, and I thought that he could start again in this one. He actually didn't get any meaningful minutes in this game until yeah. garbage time. So I, I think I, there's the potential for Nico to play more of a factor in the rotation, although I'm not sure I'm ready to go that far. Let's remember, no Jimmy, no Haywood, no Caleb in this game. If those guys are available, if two of those three guys are available, Nico's probably not getting any minutes because that's been the right. case all season long. But, hey, got to hand it to him. He got the start. He played really well. He was a big reason why Miami won this game. And I do think that there's some flux going on with the power forward spot. The Heat have not landed on a power forward. This is very interesting. The Heat are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And I still can't tell you who, if everybody's healthy and Spolstra had his bones about it, who he would start at power forward. Haywood Highsmith has started 15 games. Caleb has started 10. Kevin Love has started five. Nikola Jovic has started two games, including the, uh, uh, three games now, including this one. Jamal Kane. I started one game at power forward. I don't know who the starting power forward is for this team. And so I think there might be minutes there uh, on the table for Nico to pick up. I'm not so convinced about that. That's that's where I kind of differ. I, I think he impressed. I think he showed what he's capable of, although I don't think you or I are that surprised by what he's shown tonight. I just don't I know that. I was what I saw tonight. I think he's Were talented. You? Yeah, no, I think he's super talented, super skilled. We, we've, we've covered that. I yeah. didn't see the maturity that he played facing fair. LeBron and Anthony Davis. I didn't see that's that fair. coming. That was impressive. That's yeah, that's fair. Uh, at the same time, I don't know, again, that Spo saw enough defensively where he'll feel comfortable leaning on Jovic. Right. And I don't know that he's going to get playing time. Again, if you're if you're thinking it from it from Spo's perspective, I mean, he's probably going to go with Haywood because Haywood was so dynamic early in the season before injuries kind of bogged everything down for him. And, you know, it was part of that win streak that Miami was enjoying earlier in the season. And he's a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands. He just loves, Spo just loves what Haywood brings to the table as a yep. starter. And I think Caleb, you still need that kind of dynamic. Both of those guys are going to be ahead in the pecking order, to your point. Yeah, sure. I, don't, I don't know that I'm saying Nico's going to get in the rotation right away. But I think he's working towards it. So in terms of the question, do I see his role changing? Maybe not right away, but okay. maybe by the end of the season. I don't know. I mean, there's going to be more injuries. That's the one thing we do know for sure with the Heat. And so he will for get sure. uh, more opportunities. Do you think Haywood starts at power forward if, if everybody's healthy? I do. Do you, does, I uh, does Nico get uh, is Nico ahead of Jamal Kane in the yes. pecking order, as you put it? Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's fair. Um, if only by virtue of Jamal Kane being on a two-way contract and he's just limited because of that, by how many games he could play. 
There's Fair also uh, Spoh's been playing Bam with Kevin Love a little bit more yeah. uh, in those twin big lineups, so that's also an option. So it, ahead of the pecking order, to your point, David, it's Haywood, it's Caleb, and Kevin Love in some kind of order. Yeah, but I there there'll be matchups and there'll be opportunities and there'll be injuries and and Nico I think is doing work on in, in getting onto the court a little bit more. But yeah, I think you and I agree mostly. He's probably not part of the nightly rotation when everybody's healthy. But we'll see what happens. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.